Welcome to the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, insight and training from leaders around our network. Here's your host, Ian Bird. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome again to the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast. Glad you can join us once more. And I want to encourage you, if you like this content, please share on social media so others are aware uh, that this is available. And also, if you could rate us on iTunes or Podbean, that also really helps us in creating this content. So thanks so much. Well, today is part two of a discussion with Howard Ryshinsky. Um, Howard has written the book, Perpetual, The Secret to Finding God and Your Seven Life Seasons. And if, if you missed part one, can I encourage you with something? Maybe close this down right now, go back and listen to part one because we give a lot of background there. But for you that, that might be just joining us here in part two, I'm gonna give you a little bit about Howard and who he is just to give you a, a teaser so you go, hey, I really want to hear from that guy. So Howard Brzezinski, the biggest thing that probably most of us remember him as is the C- CEO and founder of CCLI, the Christian Copyright Licensing International Group. And, um, you know, if you go to church and you, list, you know, sing songs, you're going to see CCLI numbers all over the place because, of course, that's the licensing for all our churches so we can we can sing the songs and so the creators can be uh, financially compensated and that that was created way back in the 80s and so Howard worked with that as the founder and CEO all the way to 2016 chairman of the board until early 2019 and uh, he resides in Vancouver Washington even though he's a Canadian uh, he's been there for many years now down in the states with his wife Donna and also he's been very very involved in um, what used to be called Bible Temple, then it was City Bible Church, and now it's called Manor House. He's been an elder there for over 30 years. He's on the executive leadership team for about 25, and he's also now works with Pastor Mark Estes on the worship philosophy and vision strategy, and and he was inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 2016. Hey, First Canadian, apparently, to, to be inducted. So yeah, let's <laughs> wave the flag. So this is this is Howard, and, and he's been chatting with us. So again, welcome back to the podcast, Howard. And uh, last time we, we, we had some, uh, it was powerful, actually, what Thank happened you. last time. Powerful. And we, we looked at a number of seasons and we finished off with a very powerful account of the season of despair. So what we're going to do is we're going to shift into, well, I should actually just real quickly as a, as a bit of background, uh, in his book, uh, Howard talks about our seasons of life being divided into two main categories, calling and character. And the four calling seasons are preparation, productivity, transition, and impartation. The character seasons are despair, famine, and refreshing. And so he shares in the last podcast what that means. And and we're not going to go through all that again, but there's some real key distinctions between those uh, qualities of those two categories of seasons. Today, we're going to start with the season of productivity. And that that already sounds way more positive, doesn't it? We let leave the... The best, the best. <laughs> Be the season of despair. We're into the season of productivity. Who doesn't want to be product, productive? And so he, here's a, um, I want to read a quote from your book um, and then have you comment. It says, although the season of productivity often brings personal gain, wealth is not the measurement uh, or proof of our value. Rather, that season marks the increase and spiritual uh, increase of our mental, emotional, and spiritual dimensions. Then you link it with CCLI that we just talked about. Here's what you said. CCLI established a stewardship creed. Revenue is not our objective. Service is our objective. And revenue is the fruit of our service. Can you comment on this deeper uh, meaning behind the season of productivity, what really is valuable? 
Yeah, well, um, in the season of productivity is, uh, that's the time of full engagement of what you are supposed to be doing in your life purpose. I call it the sweet spot. Uh, this is the season that we never want to have uh, leave us. We, 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 want, we want this to be our forever season. Uh, it doesn't end up that way, but it is a great season. It's, it's the full utilization of our gifting and our strengths. It, it empowers us. It makes us feel alive. It, it brings the increase. When I talk about the increase, that um, the elements of, of measurements, a lot of times we, we try to measure success by uh, tangible assets, you know, like how much do you make or how large is your home or how many homes do you have or how many uh, cars do you have? We, we, we get into this element of identity because we, we, we start in, in productivity. We think our productivity is our identity. And um, so when we, when we meet each other, we, we, we ask the question, what is it that you do? Exactly. for a living. And so productivity is the great sweet spot season, but it's not measured by the, the, the ordinary tangible assets, monetization, etc. There, there are measurements there that actually are in the whole framework of life purpose. It is, it enables you to have input in, in issues. There's an influence that is being cultivated and there's a an impact on people's lives that come because people view your, your what you are doing as 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 being successful. And uh, during this time, uh, um, you know, there I, I I reference there are some pitfalls that can occur in productivity because it's the season we love, and it's the season that exposes us to to the greatest time of temptation and downfall even when Saul the first king of Israel uh, all this conquest and Samuel goes uh, hey where, where's Saul and they go well he's building a, a statue to himself you know and so <laughs> but there's some things there because there are pitfalls during productivity uh, there's the pitfall of complacency it's it's really we become enchanted with our achievement and we can get smug and uh, but there's there's also compromise there's entitlement there's invincibility there's perpetuity there's all these things that can, can come out of productivity but but we're to guard what the the, the real elements of of that season is for and and it's really because you know the bible says uh, um, out of your heart are all the issues of life we're to guard that so the elements of productivity is so you are going to be able to be an effect in the moment as well as in the future and i use when ccli we use the word stewardship because see there's a difference between stewardship and statesmanship stewardship mm. is productivity you are given a specific field, and then you, what is that framework? Now, it is great to be in business and to be successful and to see wealth, and we're to remember Deuteronomy's 8.18. Remember, it's the Lord your God who's given you the power to get wealth, that you can establish his covenant and extend his kingdom. There's yes. a reason for blessing. Yes, there is. So in productivity, it is beginning to learn how to bless out of that specific field that you have. It's a great season. Stay there as long as you can, because <laughs> there are other seasons coming. Well, indeed. And I like the fact that, again, in your book, you really do highlight that undercurrent, what really is behind it, what it really is all about. Because I think 
you know, when you look in our world today, people get caught up in productivity for the sake of productivity and they get up caught up in the perks of productivity and it becomes all about them. And I think your point is, and what you share even with CCLI, it was, it was a focus on others. It was a focus on, on being productive and the fruit would come from that, right? The fruit would come from your proper stewardship. So I really, really like that part. And, um, and then, so we have the season of productivity, a lot of nuggets in the book, a lot of ways to steward that. And then the next season that we have is the season of famine. So again, we move from kind of this calling season of productivity and then this character season of famine. And again, you look at the life of Jacob in the book, and you, which you, you, you've done all along. You've equated these seasons to the life of Jacob and then your own life. And so you look at this life of Jacob and he had that season of famine. He, you know, literally they had to move to Egypt because of that. And so all the things that happened, the different difficult moments. And so you say this about the season of famine. You say the season of famine is the time and place in which your heart remains hungry and thirsty, but your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual resources are dry and barren. So you're hungry, thirsty, but you don't have the resources. You become parched and tapped out. Life gets reduced to placing one foot in front of the other all day, every day. Right. <laughs> it kind of sounds like us in the pandemic, maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The, you know, famine, um, the season of famine, yeah, when you reference Jacob, think about Jacob. I mean, he got amazingly blessed, uh, abundant uh, productivity with his his cattle, it, it, blessings. He was rich. Um, he was given the blessing of God. Out of you are going to be the nations and all of this. And then it actually comes to a point where he's going, I don't know if we even got food on the table for tomorrow. And but, So it, it, the element of famine, famine has a way to simply clear out things of your life that you think are important. Um, we build up things in our life and that we, the things that we think are important, you know, if you are a life hoarder, I mean, we, we keep so many things and we just build, 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 build. And, you know, in the world, they would say, well, it's midlife crises. What's well, not midlife crises. There is a deliberate reason for the season of famine. And uh, because as you're going into this area, you're figuring, okay, have I done something wrong? I mean, you're trying to understand, hey, why am I not seeing all the all the good things happening? I'm just literally stopped dead in my tracks. And for me personally, it was it, it actually had overlapped with the season of despair in the latter part of my despair. And I, I was just tapped dead empty. And as I had mentioned in, in uh, part one, where I, my, my closest friend in the music industry, Andre Crouch passed away and I'm going down there to help Sandra with all the planning and for the life celebration service. And, and then Sandra says to me, uh, okay, we're gonna begin the week and you're going to um, speak. Uh, and I'm going, Sandra, I'll come down. I'm here with you, but I, I literally, uh, listen, I, I, I don't have, I, I'll just here, here to support you. I mean, you got bishops coming in, you got uh, music uh, stars coming in and artists. And she says, no, you're going to preach because I know Andre would want you to preach. I'm going, oh, great. <laughs> and I go home. I said, Don, I said, I am I have nothing. I, I, I feel like I've just been barren. I, I'm desperate. I'm hungry for God, but I feel like I don't hear him. I'm desperate for God. And I, I, I can't find him. And she just prayed. And she said, God, just open up uh, 
the the hose of heaven. Wow, I like that. <laughs> and, yes. and it it was funny because I'm in the shower the next day, and in, I feel like I just had a download of a word from God. You see, even in famine, Jacob learned, hey, we don't have anything, and we got to go to Egypt, but let's give something to the Pharaoh. And yeah. so th even where you are, there's a place to give. And and but famine clears out the clutter, and I call well, it. You're good. You know, I, I was going to jump in on this because I love this. So, so I've had a colonoscopy. Oh yeah. Right? And nobody gets excited about the colonoscopy. And and you share in your book, and and I can relate. You know how part of the the prep for uh, having a colonoscopy is the clean out, right? I mean, we've got to be squeaky clean for that. And so, I mean, pretty graphic, but you're very true. And then you, but you, so you call the season of famine, you say it's often a soloscopy. Can you explain that? That's right. A, a soloscopy. Um, for everyone who's gone through a colonoscopy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But really what it is, a soloscopy is the colonoscopy of your soul. There is so much clutter that has been built up in your spiritual digestion of what you have consumed and what you think you are giving out, that the season of famine positions you to simply clear out the clutter. You see, all these things happen, and, and you, you tend to think, you, you, you try to find a way around these things. Um, uh, you try to find a way around despair. You try to find a way around famine, but you cannot go around what God wants you to go through. Well, and so in the framework of going through this, there, there are elements to realize because you see in famine, there is a feeling of emptiness that will overwhelm you because it, it clears out. There's, I, I don't have any strength spiritually, even physically. Uh, there's, a, there's also a strong, there's loneliness, a spirit of loneliness that comes upon a person at that time. It's sad that even in this moment where we can have strong spiritual leaders, and we're hearing about spiritual leaders that are giving their lives away. They're, they're, they're committed suicide. It's it, terrible. It, there is yeah. something about the spirit when you have loneliness, that this isolation that can occur, that there's an overwhelming sense of alienation, that you feel like God is not near you and you're not near God. There's also a spirit of dejection that comes during this time where you feel so deflated. It's a depression of your personal value. All of those things. But you see, famine builds endurance. The reason for this famine is God is wanting you to understand the dependency and the resource supply system that he has in his kingdom that is not in, from, or within you. Yeah. He has this way to reveal what really is him in you. And so he actually is preparing your life for the future enrichment and many times refreshing follows famine so so in the famine season in the soloscopy season in a sense he's reducing you he's clearing you out he's taking out some of the things in your soul that are clutter so that he can actually bring back into you what really needs to be he's getting getting the stuff that shouldn't be there out so that he can bring in that which is really going to satisfy and help you for the next season. That's what I hear from you. Yeah, it, 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 the, there's such a healing that actually occurs in famine that you're not even aware of. Um, it reminds me, and I mentioned this in the book, that there was this um, Chinese torture 
that's called Ling Chi. And it's known as death by a thousand cuts. You've heard that term. <laughs> and, and, what, and what it is, is you see, there'd be a, a slice, a knife that we use to slice the body and, and one cut that would draw blood. Well, that in and of itself wouldn't kill you. But another slice, another slice, another slice. And, and what happens is the body can bleed out by all these cuts that have occurred because of experiences, because of trials, because of hardships. And, and what could happen is without no, having a clearing out of these things, we could actually bleed out spiritually. Mm. And so, and, and we take a look at things, for example, um, you know, the ordeal that we were talking about with COVID and 19 as to what is this about? Is this God? Is this not God? Is this the enemy? How do we act as a body of Christ and the impact? How do we gather together as believers? Do we not yes. gather? Do we gather? Is this a subtle? Uh, and there's so many going through this, but That's the right. key is to remember this, that we must adhere to the principles of God, but let go of those things that we have actually built. And wow. a lot of times we may have made church programs and we can't have our programs anymore. And this is such a great time for us to go, Lord, clear out those things that Good. shouldn't reside. Yes. So that coming out to the other side, the refreshing and the outpouring of your Holy Spirit yes. is going to be in such a fresh way. I'm positioned in a new way to distribute what you are doing rather than I'm going to hold on to my programs. Well, I like that. No, I really agree. And I, I would totally concur with you as far as this season for you that are listening, that maybe it's beyond 2020 that you're hearing this, the pandemic's over. We're right in the middle right now of this whole COVID-19 pandemic, and it really is limiting us, and it really is cutting things out. One thing in our network, we, we, we've had a leaders forum recently, and we talked about this, and we feel that God really is going to do something different out of this, that um, in some ways it's breaking down the box we've been in. It's not only taking us out of it, it's literally breaking it down because I think we're going to be forever changed in some ways. I think we're supposed to be forever changed. I think God wants to do some fresh things. So I agree with you. And, and so what I would hear is that if we allow it, this season could be a soloscopy. It could be yeah. used by God to create some cleansing in our lives. We have the opportunity right now as the body of Christ, not for revolution, but for reformation. Wow. See, reformation is changing the form so that life matter can be greatly uh, dispersed. And so when we talk about the Protestant reformation, it was the change of the form, not the principle. So this is a season, and this is what famine does. It breaks down the patterns so we can hold on to the principles. Wow, I like that. Good statement. See, you're just you're writing another book right now. <laughs> um, no, that's great. Well, let's 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 shift away then from from the season of famine and let's look at the season of transition. Ouch. And again, <laughs> so we're, we're transitioning from famine to transition. And and again, um, famine being a character season. Transition being a calling season, a, a time in your ministry life, a time in, in your... So transition. Um, here's, a, here's a statement you made in your book. The season of transition is a precious occasion where sandcastles of identity get swept away by the rising tide of God's purpose. And that's a powerful statement. Now, 
one thing that, that, that you talk about in there, you, you're very personal and you talk about your own transition in 2016 away from being CEO at CCLI. You were the founder, right? Yeah, that's uh, right. Star Praise in 85, then 88 is, is, is CCLI and you've been there the whole time. Now you turn it over to your successor and, um, and you, you shared honestly that it wasn't easy. Um, so maybe talk about that, how our identity is affected in the transitions and how can we steward that properly? How do, how do we walk through that? This, this, this is a significant season for leaders to understand um, because you see transition is, is that time where we're simply closing the season of productivity. That's primarily what it is. You may go on to another season of productivity, but closing a season of productivity is hard because you see, that's the one we love. I don't want to let go of the one I love. I am enjoying this. I'm going to hold on to this. And, and that's why transition is so important to understand. And there are symptoms that, that, that um, you can become aware of. And, and these symptoms are the same in productivity as in transition. Uh, the symptom of, for example, you could feel unsettledness or you could feel upheaval or there's fear or distress or uncertainty or relational rupture. When those things occur in your season of productivity, they're fixable because they're actually the cycle that helps you to become more productive. But when these are actually pertaining to transition, they're not fixable. They're actually indicators of change. Wow. And to an indicator of change is hard because we love, we love comfort. We love to have things stay the same. Yes, we do. And it was Heraclitus that says, if you want things to stay the same, things will have to change. And that was, okay. <laughs> we, we don't like change. We are not wired for change. And, and because the elements of where we find comfort, but you see in transition, God is saying, in order for you to embrace what I have for you, you need to release what I gave you. Wow. And so letting go, because you see, if you try to bring to the future what you were given in the past, that brings disaster. And here's the example, Moses, an amazing example. God spoke to Moses and said, hey, people need water. So take your rod, strike the rock, and water will come from the rock. Great revelation. Moses takes the rod, strikes the rock, water comes out, people. Hey, fantastic success. Amazing. The next time God says, Moses, take your rod, speak to the rock, That's and water right. will come out. Yes. Moses takes the rod, strikes the rock, water comes out. God said, listen, I did that for the people, but you just ended your productivity. I know. Because you see, you can't take what I spoke yesterday to apply it tomorrow. Wow. And in transition, if every leader can understand this, desperately holding on to the productivity of the past does not give you life for the future. And so in transition, and this is, I call it the five losses of transition. It's so important to understand. Transition means you will feel like you've lost your identity, first of all. You see, we think what we're doing is who we are. That's right, we do. And when you go through transition, you get totally detached from what you used to be doing, and you're yes, going, you do. I don't know who I am anymore. You have a loss of power. 
Because see, when you're in your productivity season or leading something or having authority, it is great to be able to have, be in charge of something because there's, there's authority. Now, I'm not talking about being a demagogue or a dictator, but it is understanding that there's a nectar of authority that comes with a gifting of leadership. That's right. And when that yes. is removed from you, you have a loss of power. You, you feel like uh, you get a little bit disoriented about, well, who's going to listen to me? Because that leads to the third loss, the loss of input. You actually become invisible. You can still contribute, but you are no longer relevant to where you've come from. And that's very hard to take. And personally, in my journey, I'm going, man, I've got 30 years now of this wealth. So I, I, I'm going to be at the table. I, I, I don't want to lead it anymore. I just simply want to be at the table and I could be a help because of wisdom and all those elements. And, and, uh, and I'll get to the rest of the story, but there was a breach. It, it broke. I, I was ostracized from my own birthing. The Greek word ostracized is ostraka, which was if you think someone's a threat to you, you cast a, a, a ballot and uh, if it's determined you are a threat, you are detached from being part of authority until it can be proven you are no longer a threat. And that's wow. ostracized. And in transition, in transition, that's why it's very hard to give input to the past because of the elements of how it could be perceived as yes. threat. The that. fourth loss is influence. It's great to lead a vision. In productivity, you are influencing because you think, I'm respected, I'm admired, and then we get lost between the difference between prominence uh, and influence. Prominence is we think we're holding on to because, oh, that's what people envision us as. But, but influence is totally separate from our, our identity. And the final loss is a loss of value. And that's why, sadly, a lot of people who transition out of production, they find it hard to grasp this one, that can value continue? Because I really feel like I'm no longer valued. I've lost value. What's the point of living? And how many people do we know that sadly, after transitioning out of a very important role or perceived role of influence and impact and value that that they pass away because somehow they've determined I'm no longer of value. What's the point of living? These are all ingrained in, in transition, but in order for you to get where God wants you to go, he has to take you from where you are. Remember this, the gold medal is not given to the fastest 90 meter runner <laughs> right. or a hundred meter race. You see, transition is not the end. Good. I so like if you say, I've ran, where's my gold medal? Your life purpose is not over. Yes, you're in transition, but it's not over. So. Well, no, that, that's powerful. And no, those five areas you just mentioned, I think anyone who's gone through a transition, in fact, and you point this out in your book, Life is about transitions. We, we go through it a few times over, you know, from different uh, roles, from different seasons, even in our own family life, there's all sorts of transitions and, and, and it will affect us at those levels. I, I've had it myself. I had to leave a church in Medicine Hat and move to Calgary and start a brand new church. And that was a transition. And I went through those feelings of loss. I remember that. 
Um, so it, it definitely something we have to handle. Well, one thing I'm going to, what I'm going to finish on here, which I think really relates well to this. So you go through transition and obviously you, you went through a big one, 2016 and 2019 uh, with CCLI, but then there's this season of impartation. And I think the point you make in the book is, um, you know, that this is, you talk about the purpose beyond that transition. And I think that's where you're kind of rounded out because it, here's what it, here's what you write in the previous life seasons, you are a steward of your life purpose mm -hmm. in the later season of impartation. You become a statesman for your life purpose. Maybe, maybe you could comment that on that regarding yourself. You just shared about CCLI and the transition. How do you see yourself now as that statesman? What does that mean? Uh, yeah, uh, well, maybe to conclude how I saw a healing in my transition yes, because it, it, it was hurtful. I, 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 it hurt to not be part of CCLI. It hurt not to be at the table uh, with my successor and that team. Uh, you know, I, these are my children, as it were. And, and, but I was going, God, why? Why? Is, is my successor doing this to me? Why? Why? And tears and the pain. And then God, I heard God say, Howard, your successor is not doing this to you. I'm doing this to you because mm -hmm. I want you to embrace your future. And that brought a healing and actually brought great healing where I am uh, in full um, relationship with my successor. Wonderful. And it's, it's, so it's a great story. But, but to understand, because the importation, when talk about steward, a steward is one who's been given a specific field where productivity occurs. And there is a, the, the participation in that field as a steward is the fruit, the blessings that come from that field for you. And the difference is statesmanship is not being in a field it is helping those who are over fields. So mm -hmm. now it is pouring out that which God has given you to others in their fields. It is uh, pouring out, and I, I reference this as, as the blessings of birthright, where you know you have a heritage of what God has given you, and a legacy is what you give to others. And so the element of, of impartation is really there are those that need fathers. And uh, it's amazing, and, and, and the Bible even talks about it. We have many teachers, but not many fathers. What does it mean to be a father? A father is one who has walked the walk and has that experience. There's, hopefully there's wisdom which comes from experience, which comes from failures, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's so, true. But in the framework, the things that God has brought you in and through your entire life is now so that you can pour out to others yes, like and deposit in others mm -hmm. so that they can have an impact and an influence and input in their generation. It's a real and multiplication, isn't it? It's multiplication. Yeah. multiplication and so i even use the understanding of what what the arrow is the arrow of impartation if you would understand that the season of impartation is understanding the, what the arrow head is that's revelation you know that's the supernatural disclosure uh, the shaft is discernment how do i help people uh, hit their mark you see it's not uh, it, the, the key is not me telling someone everything i know it's telling someone everything they need 
and and to have the discernment to understand yeah, the difference between good. those. Um, so it, it's in that arrow, and 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 I think finally with the impartation, I realize uh, life when you start life, you think it's a a hundred meter race. That's right. And you are just Run going hard. all out, beat the <laughs> band. You are just going and you finish the hundred meter race and you go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, life is not a hundred meter race. It's a 400 meter. Got it. So you change your cadence a bit and now you're still pumping away there and you hit that 400 meter and then you go, oh, hold on a second. It's not a 400 meter. Oh, it's a one mile race. I got it. I got it. So then you're into that cadence, you know, you're picking up that stamina, lap one, lap two, lap three, lap four, and you're going for that finishing kick and you realize, oh, it's not a one mile. I know what it is. It's a marathon. Life is a marathon. And so then you change your whole thing about pace, right? resolution, fortitude, stamina, and you go through that marathon and you finish the marathon and you know something? You realize... It's not a marathon. Life is not a 100 meter. Life is not a 400 meter race. Life is not a one mile race. Life is not a marathon. Life is a relay. That's really good. That Love which God has yes. given me, yes. I am responsible for passing on to others. So and the impartation is the enrichment mm. of God's purpose in you, for yes. you, and through you. So that when you go to the other side of eternity, you're a witness to the children that you've sown into. So powerful, Howard. So powerful. I remember when I read that in your book and I thought, yes, that is. It's a relay. And I think the problem we get into is, like you said, when we think of it and, and, and think of it in those other terms. But here's the reality. You probably saw this in your life. I've seen it in my life. I had to evolve through those other seasons before I finally understood that it was a relay, right? Because uh, when we're younger, we are, we are really focused and we are thinking mainly on our own um, establishment, right? Of our, our career, of our ministry, yep. whatever it is. But when we get older, you're right. We think beyond this life. We think, how can I live on in, in other people? How can I live on and what I learned live on? You know, I, I always like the, the, the analogy. Somebody said, if somebody doesn't transfer it when they're alive, when they're in the box in the ground, it's all buried there with them, right? So all yeah. that knowledge, all that wisdom. So Howard, thank you for um, imparting to us by writing your book. Your book is a instrument of impartation. It is a legacy piece that will thank continue you. on beyond you, right? Someone a hundred years from now could pick that book up and read your thoughts. And I, I, I would encourage people not to wait that long. I'd encourage, <laughs> I'd encourage them to jump in and get one on Kindle to, to, to go on Amazon and, uh, and pick one up for themselves because it is powerful. I wonder, I want to thank you again for these, uh, both these podcasts. Um, this has been um, amazing. And uh, I think our listeners probably need to go over it a bit again, because there's a lot that you've shared. And I'd encourage our listeners, like I said, to get the book because you go into greater detail. Would you pray for us one more time and just really ask the Lord as a network, as a group of leaders, and even beyond our network, um, just that, that God would really help us to Absolutely. put these into place. Yeah. I'm delighted. I'd like to think that the season that I had with you has deposited something in you, Ian. Amen. And I'm seeing now 
the season that you have with this podcast and how you are sowing into others. Think about that. One generation shall tell of his works to another. Yes. And so, Father, we thank you for the privilege of, to be your children. We thank you for the privilege and the highest calling to be able to walk in the purposes that you have for us. And everyone who has heard uh, this podcast, no matter what season they have found themselves in, that you would encourage them that there is purpose in your kingdom for them, that, the, that your Holy Spirit works through them to touch lives, to make a difference, yes. that we would bring honor to you. We pray that there would be just the great uh, infusion of joy in productivity, for those that are going to transition, I pray that you would help them see that their future is better than their past. For the, for the times of famine, when we feel so far from you, that we're reminded you are there. And that we ask, Lord, touch us, clear us out, even at this time, that we would be cleansed and ready as a vessel to be used by you and for you, and that above all, we could impart to others that which you've given us. We thank you for the privilege. We speak life to those yes. who are listening right now to break down every barrier, to break down every hindrance and obstacle that would try to destroy your purpose in them. You would release them into your purpose. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Howard. Powerful prayer, powerful sharing. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks Thank again. And I'd encourage everyone, like I said, to, to pick up um, Howard's book, um, Perpetual. And um, it's a powerful book about the secret to finding God in your seven life seasons. And so thanks again. If they wish to get a hold of you and to leave you comments or send you comments, what would be the best place for them to do that, Howard? You can get it perpetual uh, at howardrachinsky.com. All right. Perpetual at howardrachinsky.com. R-A-C-H-I-N-S-K-I. All right. God bless you, Howard. And God bless all our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we'll be back again with another podcast. And if you wish to send me any notes, you can uh, go to podcast at lifelinks.org and you can send me any comments that you may have regarding this or thoughts for the future. God bless you all. Thanks again, Howard. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Lifelinks Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at lifelinks.org.